It's time for the one and only, the premier, the only official podcast of Pro Rodeo. Your suit bosses are ready, so let's give it a go and talk some rodeo. Welcome back into another episode of The Shoot Bosses, the official podcast of Pro Rodeo. It's Tanner and Tracy. We're back here with you again, as we always are, and we've got a great show coming your way. A little bit of a different change-up. Tracy, we're going to sit down with Hall of Fame shortstop Ozzy Smith, and uh, what a cool interview to have here on The Shoot Bosses. Yeah, I mean, he's arguably one of the top five shortstops ever in Major League Baseball. I mean, he's got some rodeo ties a little bit, but we had the opportunity to get a guest like that, couldn't pass on, and he, he offers some good insight on some of our rodeo competitors as well. He does, and we'll get to that at the back end of the show, so make sure you stick with us. But as we always do, we're going to kick things off with our Pro Rodeo props. And Tracy, for this one, we're going to go for the Sewing Good Deeds finalists. I'm going to read these names off so we don't get them wrong. Uh, it's the Prescott, Arizona Frontier Days Committee, the San Bernardino, California County Sheriff's Rodeo, the Red Bluff, California Roundup Association, the Gunnison Colorado Cattlemen's Day Rodeo in the Home on the Range Champion Ride in Sentinel Butte, North Dakota. And Tracy, this is a great honor for these committees. You know, it's it's an award that honors committees that support their local, regional, and national charities. And we see that so much throughout rodeo, and it's really a cool thing. Yeah, and they put in tons and tons and hours of volunteer work. I mean, rodeos aren't those guys working rodeos aren't getting rich by any stretch of the imagination. And the winner gets a very expensive, nice tractor to help out the rodeos moving forward. I mean, it's a great thing that they put in place about five six years ago and it's an award that i mean means a lot to the committees and it means a lot to us to be able to be part of it yeah and uh, we thank heston for being a sponsor of that uh, as tracy said the winner gets a tractor so a lot of cool things uh, yeah. for people to come out here and, and experience for sure we head into our uh short round awareness things start things off tracy with the uh, the back number reveal and once again your man leading the charge number one cole patterson he's got that back number and he looks like he's going to be going for gold buckle number two yeah cole patterson he's got great horsepower he's He's quick, he's athletic, and he took second last year to J. Tom Fisher. He won it the year before and won a record 85000 at the Jeez. NFSR, which is incredible based on just steer roping by itself. It never paid the, quite like that. I, I, he would have to be the favorite going in. I mean, the, it, it's a catchable situation because there's enough money there at the NFSR. Like I said, Patterson won 85000 in 2021, but he'd be the favorite going in, and there's Scott Seneker, Cody Lee, all the guys, Slade Wood, guys in the mix to see if they can knock him off. And we know that uh, you're obviously the steer roping uh, aficionado here yeah. for the PRCA. Uh, you mentioned that a little bit. How much have you seen steer roping grow, you know, in the PRCA since you started, you know, first covering it? You mentioned the purse, you know, up to up to what it is now. It's You've really seen a transformation in that event. Right. Well, back in the day when I first got here, 2013, which was the first steer roping I covered in Guthrie, the winner, the top 15, a guy could get in with like eighteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. I mean, because just because the person's worth Now it's up that. to the mid-40s. Yeah. yeah, now to get in, you probably have to have right around 40000 just to even think to have a chance to get in. And the, to win the average, you win 30000 there at the NFSR. When I first started, I think it was paying six to win the average. I mean, the money's gone up. I know, obviously, the steer ropers would want more money, but... The venue's better. This is the, since 2014, Mulvane, the Kansas Star, played host to it. It's a one-stop shop. There's everything there, the casino. Stay out of the casino. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> It's a little tiny baby Vegas. The hotel's connected. I love the event. But, I mean, it means a lot to the steer ropers to feel part of something and to have an event like that where the prestige is there. And, I mean, I just enjoy it. I mean, it's grown. And the biggest thing is, you asked, Tanner, the biggest thing I've noticed in the years I've covered is the more guys that are younger, that are athletic, doing steer roping. Yeah. Back in the day, it was mainly guys probably in their late 20s, 30s, into their 40s. 
Now it's guys like Cole Patterson when he first got into it, early 20s, Tough Cooper when he was mid-20s. I mean, and you get these athletic guys that can jump off and run. I mean, it changes the dynamic of the sport a little bit, and it makes everybody else up their game. That's going to be November 17th through the 18th. Tracy will have all the coverage there for you on ProRodeo.com. Also in our short round, the 2024 Playoff Series rodeos presented by Pendleton Whiskey have been announced. 62 rodeos, Tracy. That kind of gets us our feel for 2024 on what things are going to look like. And obviously it starts off with Odessa and it goes all the way until you know September 30th again when we uh, we return to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's hard to believe we're already planned for that, though. Yeah, no, I mean, and all those rodeos mean a lot. I mean, look at the guys like Mason Clemens, guys that win a ton of money and you you want to get to Puyallup to have the chance to get to Sioux Falls and I mean there's guys that probably won 45 50,000 just in those two events True. and that's that's a season changer he had 50,000 I mean it's, a, it's like a Houston it's like winning Houston so it's great that these rodeos have stepped up the purses have gotten better and it gives these guys a chance most of these rodeos they go to anyway yeah so I mean definitely it's just part of the equation that, that made it better because they're going anyway and now they have a chance to win big money towards the end of the season. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, with having that big payday on the entries, we might see where, you know, more guys do take it a little bit serious because there is that opportunity to win, you know, $50,000 on the last day of the season. So right. you might see a little bit more increased attendance in some of those rodeos for sure. And, and you'll get – the thing that I like that it helps is, I mean, and not that we discourage it, but – you get bigger name guys to go to these rodeos if it counts more because they have vested interest to want to get points to qualify in the top 24 to get to Puyallup and then obviously to move on to Sioux Falls. I mean, if you don't go to those, your chances of going or you go to very few are very limited. So they're going to want to go to more, and it, it makes every rodeo better if our superstars are there. No doubt about it, and that should be an exciting uh, purse, as we said, and playoff series gets underway in January. It's time for our eight-question segment. It's a man who just got a big honor, Tracy. We're sitting down with NFR-selected pickup man Josh Edwards. He also does uh, you know, some photography stuff for us here at the PRCA. He's on the board. You know, Just an all-around good dude, Josh is, and we really appreciate him taking a little time to talk with us. Yeah, I've known Josh for a long time since I've been here, and he's great at his job. And I mean, I you could tell when we've spoken to him in the past what an honor like this means to him. I mean, it, it means a ton. I mean, that's what you work for to get to go to the NFR, and he's going to get another chance. Let's do it. Here's eight questions with Josh Edwards. Biggest win in rodeo. Biggest win in rodeo. I'd say getting selected to work the national finals rodeo. Favorite horse you've ridden. Wiggles. Your favorite rodeo to work? Oh man, that's a tough one. Uh, um, I don't know. I, I, Fort Worth has a real special place in my heart. I'd probably say Fort Worth. Favorite movie? Favorite movie, man, that's uh, a lot. Forrest Gump. Favorite restaurant? Well, it's closed now, but my favorite restaurant is Luby's. <laughs> First car? 1971 C10, 3-on-the-tree Chevrolet truck. <laughs> Favorite sports team? Dallas Cowboys. Describe rodeo in one word. Fulfilling. And Tracy, it's hard to ask a pickup man what his favorite rodeo is because he's got so many. He's hired by the committee, so you got to be a little careful there. But uh, really appreciate Josh and uh, you know all he continues to do for the sport of rodeo. Yeah, and you just got to be there for the pickup men. Have you know they're they're not lifesavers necessarily, but they need to be there for those guys. And just they, about yeah, they're, 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 they're 
definitely a certainly an important cog to what our rodeos are. And we really appreciate Josh sitting down with us. We're going to take a quick break here on the Shoot Boss. As we mentioned at the back end of the show, we'll sit down and talk with Hall of Fame shortstop Ozzie Smith. Much more coming your way on the Shoot Bosses. Cowboying is in our blood. Cowboying is in our bruises. It's in our rain-soaked jackets. In our calloused hands, tested by barbed wire and rope. Our mud-stained boots to the crown of our resist-all hat. You live out west for even the shortest time, and there's one thing you learn. You can't pretend out here. Resist-all. We live it every day. We're back here on the Shoot Bosses, Tanner and Tracy with you. And uh, we mentioned that we have so many great things coming your way. Ozzy Smith, Pro Baseball Hall of Famer. We'll sit down and chat with him at the back end of the show. But before we get there, we got a little uh, little duties to get to first. And we started off with our Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame spotlight. And Tracy, we've talked about cowboys, talked about committees, we've talked about stock. How about a horse going into the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame? Today we are spotlighting Travis Tryon's precious speck known as Walt. And this was a horse that, you know, really did a lot. It was before our time, I think just before you had gotten to the PRCA. But this was recognized as one of the best horses to ever carry a team roping header. Walt really did a lot. He was voted the uh, the horse of the year by the AQHA uh, four different times in his career. First place winners and also Tryon rode him nine times at the NFR. The horse was inducted into the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame back in 2015. So, yeah, quite the horse. Yeah, I mean, it's all about horsepower. I mean, it's like finding a Ferrari and then you with, the, <laughs> with the great engine, you don't want to give it up because it's, it, like we always say, it's like an ATM machine. Yeah. you got a great horse, and this horse was one of the best ever. It's hard to win Horse of the Year once. Yeah. One of those four times. So you can't say enough about it. I mean, it's one of our legendary horses, and we don't have a lot of horses in our Hall of Fame. So it, t- it speaks to the volumes of how good Walt was. Yeah, Walt really... Uh Travis Trine, I guess you could ask him, he'd probably say Walt made his career. You know, yeah. you go to the NFR nine times on the horse. I know a lot of other contestants rode that horse as well. So there's your Perodial Hall of Fame spotlight. It's time for our Did You Know segment here on the Shoe Bosses podcast. And this one's going to go back to our, our judges, officials, whatever you want to call them, Tracy. But did you know there are at least two judges at every PRCA rodeo that are attended judging seminars and training to ensure that all the results of the competition and animal welfare are followed to a T. And there's 12 of those now full-time in the sport of pro rodeo yeah and i mean it, it, it's all part of the machine that runs pro rodeo but they got to know their job it's it's similar like umpires in baseball i mm. mean you have a crew of guys that are main guys and that's what they do and they're great at it and that's what we have we have a great crew of uh, officials and they have to implement the rules sometimes people don't like what they do yeah but the rules are the rules sometimes. and they do their best <laughs> yeah and we mentioned that uh, i think it was just maybe last year maybe 2022 tracy when they went from eight full-time officials up to 12 and you know those 12 officials obviously they're not at every rodeo across mm-hmm. the country we have to have some of the you know the other officials there but the 12 full-time ones they're the ones attending the big rodeos mm-hmm. you know the renos the fort worth denvers you know those type of events are going to have those 12 full-time officials and they got a lot of traveling to do you know we, we have a chance to chat with them. We see, you know, Rick Smith, supervisor of pro officials here in the office. They do a lot for the sport of rodeo. That kind of goes unnoticed at times, even though, you know, it's one of those thinkless jobs. We yeah. mention it in every sport. And, and like you said, I mean, it, it, they're gone all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they sit in the office and go out. Like, we we don't usually see them. I don't judges. think I've ever seen I mean, them. Yeah. I think the only time we ever see them is if they have some type of conference here at the headquarters in Carter Springs. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, but you got to have a passion for the sport to want to do it, too. I mean, mm-hmm. you're traveling all around the country. You get to see great places. But you still have to have, A, a passion, and, B, be good at it, 
or you won't get to continue doing it. Yeah, so we thank our pro officials there in our Did You Know segment. Time for our viewer question. And as I always mention here on The Shoe Bosses, you can ask us a viewer question. You can go to our Facebook, Instagram, X, Twitter, uh, whatever you want to go to, TikTok. You just use the hashtag Shoot Bosses, and we'll get your questions here and uh, try and answer them for you on The Shoot Bosses podcast. Our question today comes from Trevor on Facebook. Tracy, he wants to know what events go on before the NFR in Vegas. You know, obviously, we're out in Vegas for a long time, you know, 15, 16 days in some cases you know what are some of those events that that people can really look forward to well the first one the first national event that takes place is the fifth and sixth the national finals breakaway roping and that's there at the south point they moved it to the south point a couple years ago well last year was the first year it's a great event i mean they the uh, breakaway ropers can win a lot of money now martha angeloni won i mean over a hundred thousand last year to be the breakaway world champion they've had breakaway world champions for years but we've been sanctioned it since 2020 there's other num- other events as well as you want to get into those yeah that tracy kind of mentioned it before you get to that breakaway roping you have your pro radio hall of fame gold buckle gala that is going to be held uh december 4th and then uh you know the events that cowboys and fans really look forward to whether it's watching or attending starts with the back number ceremony on mm-hmm. december fifth at the south point that is just an awesome event we've always had fun you know this will be my third nfr coming up but that's just one of those uh, events that everyone loves to enjoy you know cowboys and fans alike well they kind of let their hair down and you yeah. see a different personality of them and it's kind of their time to shine so to speak and relax before i mean yeah, it becomes a job becomes grueling, a job yeah. it's not like a football game and that's what people it's not it's our super bowl but it's like having the super bowl for 10 days yeah no i mean doubt. it's a marathon so it gives it's kind of their chance last chance so to speak to let their hair down before it gets serious before <laughs> game time in round one no doubt and then we'll follow that up prca awards banquet you'll get all the committees all the you know top five nominations that we released everyone will be in las vegas at the south point there on december 6th we'll crown our award winners and that's a really special night as well you know we mentioned the contestants have their night on the fifth but the sixth is really about the committees about the contract personnel and you know really getting honored for a year-long work and you know much more of that in some cases yeah and you show up to vegas you get to be with all your peers you do i mean it's a huge banquet it's on fits almost a thousand a thousand people in that south point ballroom and i mean once again it's it's almost like a reunion slash celebration and if you can win it's the cherry on top yeah so all those events will be coming up we appreciate trevor sending us that question all those events before the nfr and then obviously december 7th to the 16th we kick things off at the thomas and mac we'll have all that coverage for you leading up to the 65th wrangler national finals rodeo before we get there buck he's chilling down in the hall of fame and tracy he's got a good one today what do you think uncle buck's gonna be up to i don't know i like buck there's something about Buck that I really like. <laughs> I don't know about that one, but we'll send it down. Here's Buck. He's got your Pro Rodeo Word of the Day. I'm Buck, correspondent for the Shoot Bosses. My word of the day is markout. As in, rough stock riders need to make their markout, especially at the NFR, if they want to get a qualified ride. The funny thing is, when I was growing up, my nickname was markout. That's like being Jimmy Empty Buckets. No one thought I had a chance. Now I don't have a chance to get out of these chutes. Somebody let me out. Horses are one of nature's greatest gifts, which is why they deserve the very best that nature has to offer. Since we've started using hemp flavor, our horses are calmer, more willing, more athletic. In the daily pellet, they eat it in their feed. My horses are picky. For them to eat it says something. 
the stuff's really just been lightning in the bottle. Equine Hemp Solutions. We support your horse so you can support your lifestyle. Proud supporter of your Western Sports Association. Go to the Equine Solutions website below and use Cowboy 10 and receive 10% off your order. Welcome back into the Shoot Bosses podcast, Tracy. We teased it off the top. We're going to be joined by a man that's considered one of the best of all time, if not the best of all time, you know, at his position, Ozzie Smith joining us. And uh, Tracy, I can't wait for this interview. Such a legend in the sport of baseball. Yeah, he's, he's the wizard. He's argued 13 gold gloves. I mean, best shortstop ever, depending on who you ask. I mean, won World Series. He did so much for the game of baseball. I mean, it, I, I can't believe we have him as a guest, honestly. I mean, it's pretty pretty hard to imagine. I grew up around the time when Ozzy was in his prime, so I'm well-versed on what he did and who he was. And like I said, he's probably, if not the best, top three best shortstops in the game of baseball. Ozzy, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. It's an honor for us here at the PRCA. Well, thank you guys for having me. For you, first of all, you know, let's just kind of dive into uh, your professional baseball career because, you know, so many accolades, so many great things. You go into the Hall of Fame as well. You know, what stood out to you during your baseball career as a moment that you'll never forget? I'm sure you've been asked that so many times. Yeah. Well, you know, when you when you play 19, 20 years, there are always, you know, moments that stand out. But if I had to choose one, it would probably be the, the playoffs in 1985 against the Dodgers where... Uh, me no, being notably a defensive player, I hit a home run against the Dodgers in the playoffs, very unexpected, and um, it gave us an opportunity to go back out to Los Angeles, and uh, my teammate Jack Clark hit a home run that propelled us into the World Series in 1985, so that was a moment that I remember, and and what adds to that is the fact that Jack Buck was on the mic at the time, and I've heard it so many times now, I feel like I hit 500 home runs. Uh, Jack Clark said, I mean, uh, Jack Buck says, Smith, Corks one down the line, may go, may go, go crazy, folks, go crazy. The Cardinals have won the game by the score three to two on a home run by the Wizard. Yes, yeah, so that that is one of those moments that stand out. Uh, unfortunately, we lost in seven uh, games to the Kansas City Royals in 85, but that certainly from my career was a highlight. So, when you got into the game of baseball, I, I, you, went to, you went to Cal Poly and you weren't heavily recruited. Then you, you go and then you're out of college and like two years later, you're, or three years later, eight, 1980, you're making all-star appearances and stuff. What, how did you make that quick transition from a great college player to all of a sudden, I know initially you were with the Padres and then you became this one of the best shortstops ever, obviously the best shortstop in your era. How did, how did that happen so quickly for you? Well, I think the fact that, uh, you know, I, I, I spent four years in school. Um, a lot of the college programs now are much like uh, minor league baseball, A-ball at least. So I was just kind of I, – I realized that, hey, this was my opportunity. And so give you a little real quick story here about my business acumen. Because in 1976, I get drafted by the – the same year they drafted uh, Lou Whitaker and Alan Trammell, and I think the year before they had uh, drafted Jack Morris. So they offered me $8,500. And I had finished three years of my schooling at that time, you know, so I said to myself, if they don't give me 10 grand, they're not going to take a very good look at me. So in my infinite wisdom, I went back and said, hey, if you guys give me another 1500 bucks, 
I'll sign and um, I'll head down to Lakeland, Florida, where they train. Well, they said they didn't have it in the budget. So I rolled the dice. I went back to school in hopes of getting drafted again my senior year, which not many seniors get drafted. Um, I got drafted by the Padres in the in the fourth round. And being the good businessman that I am, I signed for $5,000 and a bus ticket to Walla Walla, Washington, where I started my professional career. Well, I don't know if you know, there's a lot of rodeo in Walla Walla, Washington as well. And that kind of brings us to our next talking point there for you, Ozzy. Do you have much? Have you been to a rodeo before? I know that uh, you have a little history in Oakdale, California. Uh, have you experienced the sport of rodeo at any time? No, I haven't. But my fiance is from Oakdale, California, and our friend Samson. And so there, there is the connection, the, the reason that I'm here sitting with you guys today, you know, so... Everything about the sport of rodeo, I've learned through her and Samson. Sure, and I'd have to think, I mean, you're obviously one of the best ever, but like the hand-eye coordination, I'm assuming you appreciate athletes that excel at a high level, like rodeo, like bull riders, and things like that. I mean, obviously you were one of the best in Major League Baseball or the sport of baseball, but can you appreciate what rodeo athletes do? I certainly can. You know, it's a now that's a real contact sport. And uh, a very dangerous sport, I might add, as well. Um, you know, I think Samson ex- has experienced that himself in the, in the ring, you know. So it's, uh, it's one of those things that it takes a lot to be a cowboy. And um, I don't know if I could be a cowboy. I don't know. I, I can buy in that you can get it done. You got the fast hands. We got a little tie-down roping action. I could see it. <laughs> I don't know, but those bulls and horses are awful big. <laughs> God, what, what, what made, uh, like, at shortstop, you were such a good fielder. Was it practice with the hand-eye coordination? I mean, you were so smooth, and, and you bounced balls to first when no one was doing that, and you were doing things that no one was doing at the time. What made you so smooth and just fundamentally sound, at the, you know, playing shortstop? It's, it's repetition over and over again. And, you know, it, for me, it was it was um, it was work every day. You know, I went to, to work every day knowing that if I was going to uh, play for an extended period of time, um, you know, I, I, I had to be good at what I did. Failure wasn't an option, you know, so I worked extremely hard at being the very best that I could be day in and day out. And if you take that approach over a 19, 20 year career at the end of it, you know, hopefully you have something to show for it. And for me, and as it is for a lot of guys who approach it that way, you end up making the hall of fame, which was never the goal. The goal was to be as well-rounded a big league baseball player as I could be. And uh, the way that you do that is through the consistency with which you do what you do. You know, obviously your baseball career forever being remembered, but what are you up to nowadays, Ozzy? What, uh, What's keeping you busy? Well, I play a lot of golf. Okay. Of course, you know, all of us that that um, that play baseball, um, we gravitate to golf because the competition, you're competing against yourself, you're competing against the course and the people that you're playing with, while at the same time understanding and knowing that, you know, I will ne- probably never reach the same plateau I did in my sport, but I wanted to be respectable, respect respectable enough that when I do play in tournaments, you know, I don't embarrass myself, you know, so I continue to work at that just as I did in my craft and 
Um, it's just, it's, it's been a lot of fun getting to learn the game. And people would, would think that this ball sitting there not moving would be a lot easier to hit than a ball that's, that's moving. And I think it's just the opposite because you have to generate all of your timing and, and, and everything by yourself. A pitcher in baseball is what generate how you get your timing. In golf, you got to create all that yourself. And, um, you know, as, as my career uh, near the end, um, I always asked myself what it was that I wanted to do after I was done. And, you know, about, well, about five, six years after I retired, I ran into some guys from Paducah, Kentucky. A friend introduced us and they thought it would be a good match. And uh, I'm involved in pain management clinics. It's called the Ozzie Smith Integrated IMAX Center, which is Integrated Medicine and Chiropractic. We do PRP, we do stem cell, we do uh, rehab all under one roof. And uh, I have that here in Chesterfield. And um, it's the reason I look so good. I'm sure that's a facility Cowboys could utilize though, with their bumps and bruises. Yes, it's, it's, it's one of those things that for a lot of people who don't want to go under the knife, and it's, it's an alternative for people who don't want to go under the knife with um, knee surgery, hip surgery, and all of those things, it, it's an alternative. And, um, you know, it's, it's never 100%, but we've helped a lot of people. We have something in there we call the, 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 the wall of canes. And when, if people come in with a cane, our a long-range goal is to, to get that cane so that they are able to get their lives back to where there's some normalcy to it and they don't have to depend on, on someone. So you can walk into um, to the office there and see that there are a lot of canes on the wall. So we've helped a lot of people. Well, keep doing great things, Ozzy. We appreciate your time. We know you've got to run. So uh, we just thank you for coming here on The Shoot Bosses. It's kind of been a dream come true for us. I was going to ask you one more thing, Ozzy, uh, before I forgot. You always did the backflip. We got a, we have a bull rider named Ernie Corson who's famous for his backflips, but you were doing it way before people were doing backflips. You got any instruction for Ernie and how you do a great backflip? <laughs> hey, Ernie, he, he better give me my cut. I'm trying to steal that backflip. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? I haven't done one of those since 2002, and the last time I did it wasn't pretty. So, so tell Ernie, be careful. We will. We will. Thanks, Ozzy, so much. We really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. Tracy, there it is, Ozzy Smith, one of the greatest of all time. And it's just cool to sit down and talk with somebody that is so good at their sport and, you know, just a true professional inside, outside of the of the baseball stadiums. And he continues to do it in the work he's doing now with pain management. Yeah, I mean, it's just incredible to, to be involved with someone like Ozzy Smith, who, who's like I keep saying, he's one of the top five, top three shortstops ever. And to play and go in the Baseball Hall of Fame and then do what he does now and I mean, maybe that clinic he has can help some of our guys, you know, get in pain management. Help me and you, maybe. Yeah, huh? <laughs> maybe get, get the crunks out of our backs and our knees. But, yeah, just a fabulous guest and can't thank uh, Fernando Sampson enough for helping set this situation up for us and getting to talk to someone famous as Ozzy Smith. No doubt about it. That's going to do it for another episode of The Shoot Bosses. You can catch all the action, whether it's on our YouTube channel or anywhere you find your favorite podcast. That's going to do it for Tanner and Tracy. We'll catch you guys next time. Until then, keep on rodeoing.